Amen. Looking forward to what God's going to do tonight. Amen. So glad to have my son-in-law here. And uh, I appreciate Pastor Hilton very, very, very much. And I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's been a wonderful thing to watch. Amen. As God has had his hand upon this man. And, and watch as God has used him. And... Uh, uh, he was just a, just a little feller when I when I got here 25 years ago, and uh, I mean he wasn't even a spring chicken. He's he's just he's just a little chick. Uh, uh, his 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 brother his brother was barely out of the egg at that point. But but uh, amen. But um, I've watched God. I've watched God use him in a special way. I, I've thought about it many times. Elder Davis was able to come and preach here a couple of times. Been thinking about this as I've been going back and listening to those podcasts. And one of the things that Elder Davis would always remark to me about this church, he always point out. Uh, he'd always point out that time it's just Brandon but he he'd mention Brandon and he'd talk about how he loved to watch Brandon dance and worship God when the Holy Ghost started moving even as a as a young boy he loved to respond to the spirit of the Lord and to worship God amen always had a tenderness toward the spirit of God and I I appreciate that very very much and now to see what's happening down in Lynn Valley, Lacine, uh, that area, just so thankful, so thankful for what God's doing down there. And uh, we're looking to hear even greater reports as God continues to pour out his blessing there. Praise God. Amen, amen. Pastor Hilton, we're glad that you agreed. I felt, I said it this morning, but I felt a few weeks ago, I just felt impressed to call and ask him to come. And to preach here on a Sunday night. And uh, I just felt like God wanted to use him to speak to us tonight. And I want to hear what the Lord has to say. I'm, I'm hungry to hear from God. I'm hungry to hear from God. Praise God. Amen. Pastor Hilton, we love you. We're so glad that you're here. I want you to come. Take your liberty tonight. And preach what God's given you. God bless you. Praise God. Well, it is good to be back in Olathe tonight. And uh, no matter how long I am gone from Olathe, it will always be home. And uh, thank you for making me feel at home. And uh, just love the power of God that we feel in this place tonight. Amen. And uh, I'll tell you, this morning, woke up feeling stirred by the Holy Ghost. Walked into church this morning. Thank you for letting me use Brother Nelson. Amen. Very similar thing. I just felt led to ask the bishop if I could use him on a Sunday morning. And and, uh, God stepped in today. And a backslider from I don't know how many years, Brother Nelson prayed through this morning. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. And so I, I come full. My heart's full tonight. He actually just texted me about five minutes ago. He said, Pastor, I just want you to know I've been searching for that feeling for a long time. Hallelujah. So, amen. God's still reaching those that are. They may have walked away, but God hadn't given up on them. It's not over till the trumpet sounds. Amen. Don't give hope hope on those that you're praying for. Whether it's family, whether it's friends that have just left the church or whatever it is, keep praying for those backsliders. God's working on them. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I uh, just to loosen up a little bit, me and Reagan, we're going to sing a song and... Uh, Pardon all the flub ups and all that good stuff. You got great piano players. You got great singers here, and uh, I didn't give them warning. So, do you do you know do you know the song? What your mercy did for me. Yeah, I do. I can play. Come on, Reagan. Let's let's sing. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Let's worship tonight as we begin to sing the, this song. Praise the Lord. Praise God.
Oh, can we thank you for his mercy tonight? Oh, you're wonderful, Jesus. You're wonderful, Jesus. We exalt you in this house tonight, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace tonight. Oh, we love you, Jesus. And we praise your most holy name here today. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for his mercy here tonight. Amen. He has been so good to me. Amen. I I can't... I cannot thank him enough for all that he has done. Amen. Praise God. Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 24, verses 24 through 25 is where we're going to read. Thank you, Elder, for allowing me to come be with you all tonight. And uh, let's just have church tonight. Amen. Praise God. Acts chapter 24. Verses 24 through 25. You have it, say amen. Praise the Lord. And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, everybody say a convenient season, I will call for thee. Amen. Let's lay our Bibles down and ask the Lord to help us tonight. Can we do that? Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for your grace and your mercy tonight, Jesus. Lord, I'm asking that you will Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord in this house tonight. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. You are great and you are greatly to be praised tonight, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We magnify you today. Amen, amen. You can be seated tonight. Praise the Lord. I I want to talk to us for a little while. Hopefully I'll stay on my notes, but we'll see what happens. Amen. Pastor Riggin was talking to the ministers the other night. He said, "I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know how you exactly said it, but you're like, I, uh, I'm not so keen on those that are so stuck to the notes that the Holy Ghost can't move." I text my brother. I said, "Well, my people wonder why I bring notes to the pulpit, so <clears throat> you can ask them. They, <laughs> they do. Amen." So I have quit saying I'm not on my notes anymore at church because they're like, well, you say that every service. So, amen, amen. I do have a footprint to go with, but, you know, we want the Holy Ghost to have its way. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to read that text to you in another translation. I don't think they have it back there, but it, it reads like this. It says, a few days later, Felix came back with his wife, Drusilla, who was a Jewish uh, who was Jewish, sending for Paul. They listened as he told them about faith in Christ Jesus. And as he reasoned with them about righteousness and self-control and the coming day of judgment, Felix became frightened. 
became frightened. And he told Paul, he said, go away for now. When it is more convenient, I'll call for you again. When it's more convenient, I will call for you. We're going to talk on this subject tonight, a convenient time. A convenient time. Now, most of us know Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. There is a time and season for all things. Um, In this verse, the word season comes from a Greek word that I'm not going to try to say. And the word's usage in the scripture says it, it, it means do measure. It is a measure of time, whether it's a large measure of time or a small portion of time. It is a fixed and definite time. The time when things are brought to crisis or the decisive epic waited for. An opportunity or a seasonable time. Sorry, an opportune or seasonable time. It also has been translated as the right time. It has also been translated a limited period of time. And to what time brings or the state of times, the things and the events of time. We as human beings, our lives revolve around this thing called time. Everything that we do, we have an alarm that goes off in the morning, some more than others. My wife hates me. I have one at 5.30, I have one at 5.40, one at 5.45. Yeah. And what's bad is if you hit the wrong button. Anyhow, we're getting off of that. We're getting a little carnal now. But our lives revolve around time. From the moment that we're born, a time is put down when we entered the earth. And there will be a time stamp on your tombstone as well. And everything else that happens in life revolves around time. Life is short. Paul said life is but a vapor. It is but a vapor. When it is here today and gone tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not even promised ten minutes from now. But one thing we know for sure, we're in his presence tonight. And we're going to make the best of this time. Amen. Praise God. Uh, There is, as I said a moment ago, a time and a season for everything under the heaven. I'm going to save us some time and not go through all of those things there in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. But if you want to find out what there are times for and what what, what happens with our time, you can go through this passage of Scripture for yourself. Amen. The, the, the writer of Ecclesiastes, he goes through a whole litany of things. Um, some of it's good, some of it's bad. Yeah? And you know, just because you live for God doesn't mean all of the bad just disappears. 
But God gives you this thing called grace. He does. And I use it a lot. (laughs) And I'm thankful He's still putting it out there for me to use. Amen. And if you still seek after Him, He'll continue giving you that grace. Grace isn't the license to continue in sin. It is the power to live without sin. Praise God. Well, glory. That's not what I want to go down tonight. But you you understand that we have limited time on earth. Amen. Not one of us are promised to get back here on Tuesday night and get to an old-fashioned altar again. I'm not even, I I know I keep saying this, but I'm not even promised to finish this message tonight. He could call us away. What a glorious thing that would be. We'd be right in the middle of church and God called us away. Amen. I wouldn't complain one little bit. I wouldn't be mad because I didn't finish my message. Amen. (laughs) I'd put this microphone down and I'd I'd be worshiping with everything I had. Amen. We've been singing about it around here tonight. But time, time is limited. Time, there are certain times in our life. We have uh, successful times. We have times where we struggle with things. We have times of decision. We have times of decision. And we found Felix in a time of decision. Now, you have to forgive me. I'm, I'm skipping over a whole lot of stuff, Brother Chad, so please don't get too mad at me. Amen. It's a good thing I don't have a sound man yet. They'd be all all upset with me. <laughs> Amen. I, I am so, sometimes I'm very structured, but most of the time I'm not. Um, so anyhow, but I began studying this whole portion of scripture, and and it seems to me, and Bishop, if I get it wrong, please please let me know. <laughs> and I, I know you will. Uh, but it seems to me like Felix is at his the end of his term serving the people. Felix was a politician. Politics go way back. <laughs> and he, he thought that he could help Paul out. And so he brought Paul to him. And he was going to use him for, from what I can see, for some political gain. One of the things about those politicians back then is very similar to today. They're very very easily bought off. And the scripture is very plain about Felix. He was looking for Paul to give him something. That's what it tells us. Don't believe me? You look it up for yourself. And you see that Felix is likely trying to probably be elected into this position again. And if he were to accept what Paul was preaching, he knew that the majority of people that were there that day were against Paul and the teachings that he was putting out there. That wouldn't be very good for him if he were to accept what Paul was saying. But yet something got a hold of Felix while Paul was, can I say it this way, he was preaching to him. He was teaching of him to him. He was teaching him about self-control. And he was also teaching about the judgment to come. And Felix trembled, or he was, as the New Living Translation said, he was frightened. It got a hold of him. And sometimes we need preaching to frighten us every once in a while. 
to wake us up from where we're at right there and say, all right, God, you got my attention. I'm going to find me a place to change my ways and find that place to become that vessel you need me to be. But Felix, he was frightened, but yet he was not yet frightened enough to, to fall on his knees and begin to repent in that day and hour. I have to believe that all of that teaching and preaching that Paul was doing with Felix and his wife, I have to believe that Acts 2.38 was in there somewhere. I have to believe that the teachings of Jesus Christ was in there somewhere. They're, they're throughout all of Paul's other writings. Why wouldn't they be in, in a crucial moment like this? And uh, you see Felix looking at Paul and he said, Paul, almost, almost. Actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. He said, go away. Go away, preacher. Just for now. I'll call you later. One commentator said he, he sent Paul away. Yeah, he was frightened, but the commentator said that he thought that maybe Paul being put away for a little while would stir him up to want to pay him to get out even more. I don't know. That's his opinion. But based on what the rest of the scripture says, it kind of makes sense. Felix wasn't concerned about his own soul at the moment. He was concerned about his own political gain. And he knew that if he were to give in to what this preacher was saying, that he would have to give up some things that he wasn't ready to give up. And he told, Felix, he told Paul, he said, go away for now. And when I have a convenient time or a convenient season, when it's more convenient, preacher, I'll call for you and have you tell me all about this again. You know, there are, I can't, I looked to see if there were even any historical records of Felix possibly coming back to the truth. I can't find it anywhere. The next chapter we get to. I know I'm skipping way down, Brother Chad, but Luke, Acts chapter number 24 is where we were. Chapter 25, some things transpired, and then you get to chapter 26, and you see where um, Felix was replaced with another man. His name was Festus. So even though he turned down the gospel, it still didn't help him out any. Because Festus is there in his place now. Festus is good friends with King Agrippa. King Agrippa came to visit Festus. And Festus was telling him. I know I'm summarizing very a whole lot. But just ride with me for just a moment. Festus is telling King Agrippa about Paul. And all the things that he had said. And, and King Agrippa's. Curiosity was building, and, and he said, I want to hear this man. I want to hear what he has to say. And so we find Festus put together a meeting of Paul and, and Agrippa. And uh, King Agrippa is standing there, and Paul is preaching to him the same thing that he preached, no doubt, to Festus and also to Felix. And he finishes his, his uh, time of conversation with Agrippa. And King Agrippa looks at Paul, and he said, Paul, almost, 
almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And you know, tonight, and, and, and I'm going to try to tie this all into here in just a second. But tonight, I kind of feel like Paul. That there's somebody here that God's been calling you to do something. God's been working on your heart to go beyond just coming to church on a Tuesday and a Thursday and a Sunday and get out there and begin to work in His kingdom. And He's begun working upon your heart and He's begun drawing you. And, and you guys had a powerful service I heard this morning. And, and uh, it would have been alright if y'all had a shout down tonight. But you know, I feel like the more that I prayed today, I wanted to, I had something completely different in mind to come tonight. But as I prayed and I prayed today, I began feeling this, that God was drawing some people in this sanctuary. Not just to be a saint in the church, but to get involved in what God's trying to do in our midst. And let me tell you something. God's moving right here and right now. And just like the Israelites back in, uh, as they were leaving Egypt, they understood that when the cloud began to move, and even at nighttime, if the pillar of fire decided it's time to start packing up and go, if you decided not to follow, you were left behind. When the Holy Ghost begins to stir things up, Man, we could go through all kinds of uh, different um, examples in the Word of God where when God begins to move, if you don't move, you're going to get left behind. And I'm here to try to stir somebody up tonight. Maybe you got the truth. Maybe, maybe you understand and you've been baptized in Jesus' name and God's filled you with the Holy Ghost. And you're satisfied with your relationship right now. Okay, But God's not satisfied with that relationship. And God sent a preacher here tonight to try to stir your hearts and try to yank your chains. I don't, is that, is that proper? And, and to get a hold of your attention and say, hey, I can use you right now. If I get to meddling too much, Pastor, stop me. I've been pastoring not very long, but it gets in your blood. <laughs> I know maybe this is super simple. And I'm sorry, I don't know how else to do anything. I'm a super simple person. You know, used to be the devil used finances to keep people out of church and, and to keep them from doing things. In the day and hour that we live in, there's still financial problems. I get it. But what I seem to face, even in our little cow town down there, 
is, is not financial problems keeping people out of church and, and issues of that magnitude, but rather it's business. It's business. And let me tell you something. I'm pretty busy. <laughs> and I'm nobody, all right? But I have talked to my bosses and I said, look, this don't trump what God's got me doing. If I don't have enough time to work or I don't have enough time to work for the church or do something for God, then I don't have enough time to do work. But too many times I find, our, I, I, I find myself wanting to lean towards the work. Am I the only one? Man, I thought I was way off in left field for a second. And there's a lot of times where I get frustrated, Brother Hilton, because I'm not as active as I want to be for God. Granted, we got Tuesday night prayer meeting. We got... Wednesday night service, and we have a Thursday night Bible study that's two hours long, and then Friday nights we're doing stuff, and 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 Saturdays we're working at the church, we're mowing, we're we're painting, we're getting things ready, and we're trying to get ready for a tent revival, and and God's blessed me with a great group of people, and I know God's blessed this church with a great group of people. I know a lot of y'all very very well, and I, I'm not here trying to jump on anybody. I just want you to understand. That there is a ploy that the enemy likes to use on the children of God. And any little thing that he can distract us with, he's going to use it. And whether, it doesn't have to just be business, but I can tell you something. If that worked one time, he's going to try it again and again and again and again. It could even be just a simple spat with your spouse before church. And you say, man, I'm not going to church tonight. I'm too upset with my spouse. And guess what? You know what's going to happen next service time? You're going to get in a fight with your spouse. Whatever works. It doesn't matter what it is. You stub your toe. Man, I can't make it to church. I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm trying to be serious here tonight. The devil takes any little thing and works on your mind to to stop you from being in the house of God. Why does he do that? Because he understands the power of the unity of the people of God. And when the people of God get together and there's the unity of the Spirit there, there is nothing that hell can do. Hallelujah. You may say, well, Pastor Hilton, you don't know what you're talking about. We've been doing good. Well, it's not right now that I'm worried about. It's a few weeks down the road. When you're bombarded with life. And your kids are fussing with you all day. And your husband has been a, he's been a pistol. He might as well have been another kid. So I had to loosen it up a little bit. I'm not talking about the wives, all right? We're going to leave that one alone. We're trying to keep the spirit nice and soft and wonderful. Amen. 
If mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Amen. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Dad's just in another one of them moods. Or they say, well, Dad's going to get over it in about 30 minutes. It'll be all right. <clears throat> but, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. You know what it is in your life. You do. And I told my church two Wednesdays ago, I said, I want you to wake up. And I want you to realize and notice it for what it is. And it's attack from hell. And he's trying to get you to get into a Felix attitude. It's not convenient for me right now. You thought I lost where I was going. It's not convenient. It don't have to just be a specific time. But every time we come to the house of God, we got to come with an attitude that says, Devil, I don't care what you try to put in my path. I'm, I'm, I'm putting you under my feet tonight. Well, hallelujah. Pastor Riggin did a bad thing and introduced me to all these messages from Brother Davis. Oh, look, there is a powerful thing that can happen when the people of God wake up and realize what's happening in the spirit world. A lot of the carnal things that happen in our life, the fleshly things that affect us, are side effects of the war that's going on in the spiritual realm. It's how it works. Because we're flesh and blood. We're affected by flesh and blood. And hell knows it. And so hell tries to affect us in all kind of ways. And somehow, we need to notice and recognize it for what it is. Have you guys ever tried to plead the blood of Jesus? There's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. And I can tell you, oh, I don't want to get too off. But I'll say this, COVID introduced a, a, an amount of fear to the people of God that we need to get over. So you're, you're being heartless. I'm not trying to be heartless. I know it was a real thing. I know it affected. I know it affected my father-in-law horribly. Brother, Brother Weems, it affected him in a bad way. Brother Darren in my church, it, it put him out for four weeks almost. I know it's real. But there is a certain amount of fear that we need to say, hey, I'm not letting fear in my home. God's still on the throne even though COVID exists, right? What about the rest of you? Do you still believe God's on the throne? Do you still believe God can heal?
Maybe this will turn into a faith building message. I, I hope so because I want to I want to boost some faith because you know what gets rid of fear is some faith. Let me tell you something. Brother Darren was down for four weeks and he couldn't hardly breathe, Brother Self. He was having a hard time even walking because he couldn't take that much breath. And he came and, and Brother Houston Betts was preaching for us on a Sunday morning. And he said, Pastor, is it okay if I put a chair out here and we call that the healing chair? Yeah, why not? So we did. Brother Darren wasn't at church. He wasn't. Him and his wife were at home and they were praying and he was asking God to heal him. And Brother Betts kept saying, you need to get down here in this chair. And next thing I looked up, I saw Brother Darren burst through the back doors in cowboy boots and pajama pants, Star Wars pajama pants. And he was dressed decent, all right? And he come running down the miles and he sat in that chair and God healed him of COVID that night. Sister Sarah in our church the same day, she was sitting in that chair. She could hardly breathe in that service. She was sitting there. She didn't have a fever. He still had a fever at home. That's why I asked him not to come. And he came anyway because his face said, get down there. And God healed him. God touched Sister Sarah and healed her. And she was able to run the aisles that morning. I feel some faith building in the house. Come on. I don't know what you need from God. But I tell you what. I don't care if right now is not a convenient time. God will work in your life uh, right here and right now. I don't care what it is. God's moving in this place. If you need something from God, you get down here in the front and lift your hands and let God touch you right now. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Reach out. Oh, come on. Anybody else need something from God right now? Come on. He's moving here right now.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Why don't you respond to God right now? Come on, let's you respond to God right now. In the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, come on. The troubles are, the waters are trouble right now. Come on, let's respond to the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's respond to the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Let's respond to the Holy Ghost. Let's not let him pass us by today. Let's not let him pass us by tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I love you, Savior. Come on, let's not stop right now. Holy Ghost is still here right now. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. feel like God's moved upon somebody to begin to worship him right now for what he you've asked him to do. I, I, I don't know who you are.
I, I, I just feel like God's moved upon your heart and asked you to do something you may not have done for a long time. I want you to turn loose and let God have his way in your life right now. Come on, somebody obey God. Come on. Why don't you let God have his way right now? He's satayah. Yeah, come on. Respond to what the Holy Ghost is asking you to do right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody.